This is an RNZ podcast. Earlier this month, RNZ got the attention of many in the media with an ad which claimed this. The most exciting opportunity in New Zealand media is right here. Now that opportunity was to be part of the development, launch and leadership of RNZ's new youth music brand. And this piqued the interest not only of broadcasting pros who might fancy the job of new music brand lead programmer, but also rival media outlets wondering just what RNZ's new youth music brand will be and if it might cut across what they do. Is it an incremental expansion of what RNZ already does with music on the air and online or could it be a whole new music radio station? Well, that's certainly what Magic Talk presenter Peter Williams thought when he talked to National MP Paula Bennett about it last month. Radio New Zealand wants to start a new radio station aimed at a youth audience. What do you think of that idea? Oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, it's just another of that sort of tinkering around the edges. Get on with the business of the media right now, as we know. And she didn't seem to think RNZ would find it easy to attract younger New Zealanders. I'm not quite sure I think RNZ having a, a youth station is going to be the most popular out there that, that, that everyone's going to sort of start tuning into. The idea, though, of a youth radio network at RNZ isn't a new one. Many years ago, there were even FM radio frequencies set aside for the purpose, but no money or green light to actually fire that up. Once the internet, smartphones, iTunes and streaming all became a big deal in this area, RNZ started a youth-focused digital platform called The Wireless, which had bits of music content, but The Wireless was closed down and folded into the rest of rnz.co.nz after three years in 2018. However, last month, RNZ staff were told that a new music strategy had been approved by the RNZ board. Staff were told that this was likely to result in changes across all RNZ music outputs, including, specifically, RNZ Concert. This week, that new plan came to light on Wednesday when it was revealed to RNZ's music staff. RNZ is planning a multimedia music brand to reach listeners between 18 and 35 years of age who are pretty poorly served by public broadcasting at the moment. The output will be on FM radio and online by the end of August, reaching those people on the media platforms and devices they use is the idea. It'll be based in Auckland and staffed by newly recruited people from that age group, 13 new jobs in all. But to do all this, RNZ is cutting back RNZ Concert. All of its presenters will go as it becomes an automated 24-7 service of music by the end of May to be broadcast on RNZ's AM frequencies, which are suboptimal for symphonies, especially when Parliament's sitting when there'll be no music on it at all. For a stereo signal, you'll have to pick up a live stream of RNZ Concert online or turn on your TV receiver for the RNZ Concert channel on Freeview or Sky TV. Not only is RNZ Concert the only New Zealand radio station dedicated to classical music, it also records performances too, and no other broadcaster does that in New Zealand on a regular basis. And the effects will be felt beyond RNZ Concert. Among 17 jobs lost at RNZ Music are those of music content producers and music library staff, and that will change the music content on RNZ National as well. And while all this is still a proposal, according to RNZ, it's clear that some of the key music programmes on air at the moment will soon not be made at all. And commercial radio broadcasters will be wondering about incursions into their territory. The Radio Broadcasters Association has said it will wait to see what emerges from this RNZ proposal, but its chief executive, Jana Ranguni, did tell MediaWatch this. We would have serious concerns if a taxpayer-funded broadcaster launched products and platforms that targeted audiences already well-served by commercial radio broadcasters. 
We note that there are already many networks operating in New Zealand that service youth music audiences. While it's true RNZ is non-commercial, the network it operates with taxpayer funding competes for audiences, which has an impact on New Zealand's commercial networks. This week, some heavy hitters in New Zealand's cultural life criticised RNZ's decision to bump RNZ concert from its FM frequencies. Former Prime Minister Helen Clark, former Culture and Heritage Minister Chris Finlayson, writer and scholar Bill Manhire and Dame Kitty Takanoa all urged RNZ to reconsider, sometimes pretty bluntly, and some directed their ire at the government. Finance Minister Grant Robertson responded by saying the government would be talking to RNZ about their options, and on Friday, Broadcasting Minister Chris Farfoy told an audience in Christchurch they were looking at ways to mitigate some of the issues around RNZ concert. So soon after that, I asked the Minister Chris Farfoy, what does that mean? So what is, is precisely what is going on is we met with um, the Radio New Zealand Chief Executive and some of the members of the board uh, last week, mm-hmm. or the week before last, Uh, and they outlined their um, plans in terms of the youth strategy and what consequences that had um, on the music department here uh, at Radio New Zealand. I just want to be really clear that that's their decision and not the government's because I think, you know, there's a fair bit of heat, but um, the fact is that that's um, the board and management's decision. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some aspects of that. Uh, We might be able to uh, mitigate some of our concerns in that uh, with that proposal, I'm not going to get into that detail now, even though I know you want me to, um, because it's not been finalised. So uh, you, you knew about it, you were briefed about it before the decision was real to staff and hit the news this past week. Now you want to intervene in it because you don't like the backlash or no, you're getting leaned on? No, um, I, I think once we talk about it publicly, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's got nothing to do with uh, the programming side of it um, in terms of what I'm talking about right now. Um, where we might be able to mitigate some of the concerns which we made clear to RNZ management and the board. Um, well, I'm not quite sure what mitigate means, though. Uh, it means you're looking, looking, working on a solution to the concerns of people yeah, look, that's we, been expressed, look, putting it back on the it, air? Or? No, look, uh, uh, we're not going to get involved in programming uh, or operational decisions that Radio New Zealand makes. We're not allowed to. Yes. So, uh, so uh, there are aspects of the proposal that were outlined to us uh, by uh, management of Radio New Zealand and the chair uh, that we can do something about, possibly, uh, and we're currently looking into that. There's even a, a group now, um, Save RNZ Concert, on Facebook of concerned people. One of them today um, has pointed towards the, the Radio Communications Act of 1987, saying there's a clause there saying the first priority for the use of the frequency in the case of a licence, relates to a service known as the FM Concert Programme, so the old name for it, but suggesting that actually the law would need to be amended for this change to take place, for concert to move off the FM frequencies and the new youth service to occupy it. Is that right? Um, I haven't had any advice about that, but as I say, we're looking to mitigate some of the concerns that we have around the proposal. The Minister of Broadcasting and Digital Media, Chris Farfoy, talking to me on Friday. Meanwhile, others reacting to the news of a new youth brand have questioned whether RNZ will be able to pull in younger listeners that they haven't attracted in the past. So this week I asked RNZ Music Content Director Willie McAllister about that and Chief Executive Paul Thompson told me why the old was making way for the new at RNZ Music. Well, the new brand will be um, on the uh, on the FM transmitters um, and RNZ Concert is still going to be readily available. I mean, you'll be able to stream it uh, use use a, um, a player to receive it, get it from Sky or Freeview or on AM as well. But in the end, we kind of have to 
allocate that FM where we think the bigger and more important opportunity is. And RNZ has really strong audiences, but they they do skew older. And we're sort of thinking 5, 10, 15 years ahead, we need to start to connect with younger New Zealanders. And a really great way of doing that is with this new multimedia brand, including the FM transmission. The other side of it is if you look at our charter, which talks about excellence around New Zealand composition and performance, um, we really struggle to provide a, a large amount of um, New Zealand content on con- RNZ concert for you know for the reasons that the repertoire is largely uh, non-New Zealand material. So, I think in terms of uh, reaching out to younger audiences and connecting with them, mm. connecting them to RNZ for the first time, and actually delivering more strongly to the charter, we've had to make this change. Um, but you know, I will make the point that this is a real shot in the arm for public broadcasting in New Zealand. We are now going to have a we're actually expanding our services off our current resources. There are some tough choices within that, but this is actually a real good story of R- a really good story of RNZ getting to more uh, New Zealanders. I mean, possibly not a great story though for some of the long-time listeners of RNZ Concert, pretty much accustomed to uh, a service of classical and, and fine music. Um, so, Willie, uh, in terms of programs that we're familiar with now, like New Horizons or Music One Hundred and One, mm. um, that actually goes out on national uh, yeah. to say that's part both, of the both, both, both of those concert. shows go out on on RNZ National as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, but then there's WOMAD recordings, things like that, in, in uh, New Plymouth each year. The symphony orchestra concerts, those are recorded too. Will they still be recorded? Yes, they will still be recorded. Actually, what we see happening uh, over the next few months is developing a plan to widen out the genre that we do record through the year. You know, already we had a, a sent a small uh, team up into Rhythm and Vines up in Gisborne this year, and um, they've already started recording a, a few sets up there. And so what I think you'll see is rather than, you know, perhaps the, the world music the um, the classical music will also branch out into more contemporary genre as well. So yeah, I think it'll be an expanded service rather than a, again around that thought of bringing things into a smaller group. So recording more live New Zealand absolutely, produced, but less of the classical genre variety. Of course, you've got to shift sand around the sandpit somehow. And for the actual RNZ concert as it goes on, not mm. on FM. Um, so symphonies don't sound great on AM, but people are going to have to get used to that and. That's how it was in the past before the FM rollouts, I Ab- guess. Absolutely, but it is still on Freeview as well. And, you know, um, the the listening to concert, RNZ Concert, is, is you know, unlike a lot of the other um, radio brands around, around New Zealand, is actually largely consumed in the home. So, so the ability to consume something, you know, with, with stereo audio out of your television is still there. But the content on RNZ Concert, it's going to be recorded now. You won't have, I mean, by a handful of people, right? You're not mm. going to have the kind of prepped, presented shows that they've been accustomed to now, the same sort of delivery. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I think we you need to look at it that we are going to um, pull back on some of it. We are in a consultation period at the moment, so, you know, there is still a bit of room for, for movement around there, but um, yeah, you will see some of that paired back. Mm. Okay, and Paul, um, there will be a bit of backlash, won't there, from listeners who, I guess, already writing their listeners, uh, their, their letters to the New Zealand listener, for example. I can see that being a big issue in, in next week's uh, edition of that magazine. Long-time listeners who will be, need to be persuaded of the reason for this change. Yeah, we're going to have to put a lot of uh, effort in the next few months into explaining the change for them, explaining the different ways they can access the content and giving them a sense that we're still going to provide a really strong RNZ concert service. And, you know, we're going to have to go to great lengths to kind of help them with that transition. So, but there, you know, there will be criticism of this. Some people 
will take a while to adapt and adjust. But I will make the point, you know, we're not closing RNZ Concert. We do believe in it. It is a it is a big change, but the service will still be there and they'll be able to actually listen to more concert uh, music than, and classical music than ever before because it is going to be 24-7 music because that we know that's what the audience uh, likes. The, the document does refer to, Paul, uh, underperformance of concert, RNZ concert, and this mm. proposal addresses that, and also operational inefficiency. Mm. What does that refer to? So What's... that's in the strategy document, and I think that refers to the fact that RNZ concert and RNZ national have a big overlap in audience, so the, the, the proportion of unique audience that concert delivers is quite small. I think it's about 65,000. It's about 69,800. Yep, so that's part of it, and also that if you look at the investment that we put into concert for that relatively small, unique audience, we we raise the question of whether there is a more efficient and effective way of doing things. And you know, it, doesn't that take into account the fact no one else is broadcasting for that audience in New Zealand, and certainly no one else is recording the symphony concerts they enjoy, even though they're a smaller, a smaller yep. slice of the the overall RNZ audience. It, it, yes, I think that's fair enough to raise that, but it also begs the question that as we look across. RNZ and think about the you know the limited money that we have and the limited resources. How do we best deploy them to create more value for the public? So this isn't a criticism of the work of RNZ Concert or the team. They do some fantastic work and they're great skilled professionals. This is more a reflection on the strategy as it stands and the opportunity of making this change. Well, it sounds a little like it. Operational inefficiency does sound like it wasn't being run the way well, that's certainly not what that is intended to mean at all. It's it's more of, as I've said, a reflection on the it's the ability of the current uh, way we do things to generate unique audience and benefit to the public against our charter. So really, you have to look at that through the lens of what the opportunity is to do things differently. And as I said before, uh, reaching new audiences that we're currently not connecting with, and also delivering much. Much more strongly against our charter in terms of New Zealand content, celebrating and showcasing New Zealand artists. And do you think you'll lose many of your listeners who are accustomed to simply tapping the dial on FM and getting their their largely classical repertoire that way? That they won't track across the Freeview or they won't put up with uh, uh, music being broadcast suboptimally over over AM. Look, we'll be making every effort to bring all of them across, um, and I think in, it, 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 we'll, we'll definitely succeed in getting most. Then I think if you look at across the whole of RNZ with our new brand, we'll be reaching more people and a more diverse audience overall. But will anybody be making programs now about classical and perhaps other world music, jazz and things like that? Uh, because it looks like you've you've only got a you know, skeleton crew putting out concert as it is now. Uh, oh, well, no, world music specifically is still made by Trevor Ricky up in Auckland as well. So, I mean, absolutely we'll still make programs about other genres. It's uh, just not necessarily on RNZ Concert. Sure, but the likes of New Horizons and specific programmes like that, Upbeat on RNZ Concert, people won't get that anymore from a, a station that's just uh, playing out the recorded uh, stuff with a handful of people. Some of that stuff is still up for, um, you know, as part of the consultation process, still needs to be worked through. But um, look, you can assume that not all of it will still be there, but you can assume that some of it will remain. And that you know, RNZ is in the is in the in the business of making great content to reach as broad an audience as possible, and and that's what we're going to do. Replacing concert on the 
FM mm. band, uh, but not on other outlets, this new music brand. So mm. a whole lot of stuff, Willie, yeah. in the media when the ad went up for someone to, to, to help lead this. Mm. Uh, recently, uh, what will this be? Will this be a youth radio service? So I guess now we know, but it's more than that, isn't it? Um, purpose-built, multi-platform, uh, going out on all these these mm. venues. But you've described it as genreless non-genre specific playlist genre is no longer relevant to the audience says the proposal document what does that mean well i I think um if if you look at the way a lot of radio is broadcast now it ends up falling into into holes of genre like you have different brands that play different types of music i think what we will intend to where we intend to end up is a a far broader proposition we you know we'll play a lot of everything for everyone but you you came from a station george that played played dance music that's (laughs) right so but that's a real benefit Benefit, isn't it? If people know where they, where they go for different kinds of music. Yeah, it is. It's a but tough sell, isn't it, to say you might hear anything and hope that people come to it when they've got specific taste. Well, I think more. I think the way to view the the way we're looking at around genreless is, is is it's still going to have to have relevance to an eighteen to thirty five year old audience. So you know, it's not going to be all things to everyone. It is still going to be targeted and focused at it. But one of the things that you know the streaming services have taught us, and especially if you look around, you know, those top playlists, they're not necessarily talking about genre of music, they're talking about emotional states, they're talking about activities, they talk about playlists that support different behaviours through the week, you know. So that's more where we're starting to think. But if you'd still been at George FM and you heard that publicly funded RNZ was about to start up a station trying to attract younger people with music and mm. not all of it local music, you'd have been worried, wouldn't you? And the Radio Broadcasters Association chief has said, we have concerns about a broadcaster that's taxpayer funded launching products and platforms that target audiences already well served by the commercial broadcasters? Um, look, of course um, they're going to have concerns and, you know, I, it's no secret that I've, I've spent 20 years in commercial broadcasting so, you know, I, I've heard these kind of things said before. I've been part of these conversations for, for a great, great long time. But, you know, we're not the only country that has this kind of broadcast or, or this kind of um, media brand. Um, you know, Australia, the UK and all of these countries have vibrant commercial radio organisations that return great profits to their shareholders. So I don't think that that will be any different to New Zealand. And, and the other thing is we're not chasing dollars. We're commercial free. And that, that is one of the differentiations for it. And we and we also play more New Zealand music than any commercial format would sustain. So we're going to be quite different, and we're not doing it to get the biggest possible audience. We're doing it to provide a service and connect RNZ with, with new people. It will include some news content that will be shaped and tailored for those younger audiences because RNZ just can't sit here and age with our audience and then disappear. We have to start to make some moves now that connects us with younger people. And I think as the public broadcaster, uh, we actually have an obligation to try to reach some of those younger people as well. We can't just sort of sit on our laurels. So these are difficult, challenging decisions, but you know, it is also an exciting opportunity. We are expanding our services. That's the key message that you know, I want to c- convey. And is it going to be national? It looks like this is going to be a team based in Auckland, according to the proposal. Uh, it's going to be very Auckland-focused. Will it be a lot of Auckland people and a lot of Auckland music that we're hearing? Uh, or are you going to make an effort, Willie? Of course to... we'll make an effort to represent the entire country. I, I think especially with regional audiences as well, um, this is very important. It will be an important part of it to, to us is to have that connection with the regional audiences. So, yeah, absolutely. Is there one particular thing that this service might offer that no other radio uh, broadcaster that tries to attract the younger 
audience to, with music is offering? Well, I mean, straight out of the gate, live performance recording, I, you're not seeing it, that being offered anywhere at the moment. And um, it's not it's, it's it's a great thing I see for, you know, young artists, young musicians, independent musicians, and especially around the, the level of New Zealand content that we will be generating and, you know, helping put back into the industry as well. And, and of course, you know, RNZ shares everything. Yeah. So our share, our radical sharing strategy, which has been so successful in terms of working with other broadcasters and media companies and getting our content to their audiences, everything that this new brand creates will be available to whoever wants to use it. That's, that's part of our strategy, and I think it will actually be very valuable content. Mm. But in the same token, if trying to attract this younger audience, which is, as has pointed, been pointed out by Jane Aranguni of the Radio Broadcasters Association, fairly heavily catered for by the commercial market, if you're taking audience their ears away, uh, they will not be happy about that. There will be resistance from them. I, there will be concerns, and a lot, a lot will be on whether we set this up to deliberately um, compete with them head-to-head, and that's the last thing that we'd intend to do. We want this to be successful with audiences, but we'll provide something which is distinctive, and I think it will stimulate um, audiences. And there are a bunch of younger people who don't um, engage with, with radio in New Zealand at the moment, and we'd hope to win a few of those people into the family as well, and they may end up listening right across the board. Willie, how much of it will be New Zealand you know, indigenous music? Because you know we've had this before when there were youth radio frequencies that people hoped might mm. be made available for a, a dedicated youth service. Never you're talking about Kiwi it, FM. Yeah, it ended up with Kiwi FM. They played a whole lot of New Zealand <laughs> music, and people did not come in, in huge numbers. It's I'm, difficult. I'm well aware of that. Um, mm. Look... I, in, in the end, that's going to be there's there's always going to be the push and pull of that. Um, I spend a bit of time, uh, you know, and I have met with people in, in Triple J, and, and I listen to their conversations around their level of, of Australian content. And um, so that's the service for Australian younger users, yeah, uh, younger people provided by the ABC, yeah. provided by their public broadcast. And uh, and uh, their group music director was talking to me about the numbers, and over a ten year period, they got it up to sixty percent Australian content in terms of you know performance and um, content position but they, they he felt that at that point in time that you know anything beyond that you people start losing context of what actually else is out there as well so he was like you know that's that's as far as they can go they don't believe that they can do it any more than that mm, the herald's media writer uh, says this station is going to need to offer more than the worthy ambition of giving listeners access to a platform filled with local musicians so mm-hmm. i guess that answers that i think we've been there before and i think that's been proved that it didn't work so clearly i think we'll learn from the past okay but what about the name RNZ? For example, I heard this raised with uh, Paula Bennett on a talk radio station. And she said, what about this new RNZ youth station, Paula? And she just kind of laughed. She sniggered and said, I don't think people are going to go to RNZ for stuff for young people, do you? And uh, that, I mean, that's a bit of a perception problem, isn't it? Is the name a bit of a drawback? No, I don't think so. But I mean, we we actually don't really have any uh, position on what the brand is going to be yet and what it's going to be called. So... Um, I don't know the answer to that question. Actually, I mean, personally, I don't mind the name RNZ. I'm pretty proud to work here. So. Well, they deliberately Paul took it off when the wireless was created, wanted something that wasn't identified as RNZ to create something unique. That didn't kind of work out in the end either, did it? It had to be brought back into RNZ. Yeah, yeah with the wireless. I mean, the challenge there was we were running two, two websites effectively, and uh, as a small organisation, it's much better to run one. Um, but you know that didn't that did not have the broadcast component in it, and that's what makes this proposal, um, I think, um, far more will make this proposal far more effective. 
But can, I, can I also point out that I have run a radio station called George, and it did seem to get some listeners. So a name may not be the most important thing. Well, it's a George, not the funkiest <laughs> name in the world. Yeah, possibly, <laughs> possibly. Um, but uh, yeah, it was described as the swinging vicar problem by a guest yeah. on our program last week. I guess he's talking about you know back in the nineties there were various yeah. misguided efforts by people older yeah. than the target group they're trying to reach. You know, yeah. that's all pre-internet. Are you talking about Matt's comments last week? Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. I actually quite agreed with what Matt said. In I, fact, it wasn't Matt; it was Doctor. Peter Hoare, who, oh, well. who referenced the swinging vicar. But they both referenced yeah. the same problem, that you've often got people out of their age group trying to target a younger uh, age group, and they can miss the mark. Mm. Yeah. But that's why your recruitment process and making sure that the people you are getting to work for your for your brand are the right people. And that's 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 the that's going to be another challenging part for us, but uh, it, it's, a, it's something that I'm sure we'll rise to. And to be on air by August? And on many platforms? Hopefully. <laughs> And Paul, um, the recruitment's been mentioned, but there are going to be job losses from this, aren't there? Um, for example, well, news- newspapers today reporting on their websites uh, 18 jobs to go. Look, we're um, consulting with staff around that proposal, and I need to be really careful of that process. So I'm not going to talk about the specifics at this stage, because just in respecting the position that staff are in. But look, um, the net, if this proposal um, around the implementation proceeds, as we've as we've outlined, we'll end up roughly with the same number of jobs in the end, but there will be some jobs that will go, and some new roles created doing new things under the plan. So you've, we've already established, uh, Willie, that you know the the uh, breakdown of RNZ audience skews older. We know mm-hmm. skews Pakeha. This Correct. is an effort to uh, address that, and as an organisation with a charter and public funding, uh, that makes perfect sense. But how do you know what people will want? Um, in terms of the audience, how have you researched what you think people will go for? Well, Paul um, and uh, the audience team did do a large piece of work around audience segmentation um, this year with uh, Colmar Brunton, and, and that got quite granular in its detail. And um, there's a lot of information that we received out of that that has helped drive our thinking around this process. And when we say segmentation, we're talking about different kinds, different to classify types, different kinds the, of listeners. The way different people use uh, and consume media and the kind of media that they're interested in. We've done a lot of work in that space. Yeah. So who are the kind of segmented parts of the audience or which segmented parts are you trying to target? Well, at the moment, it, it, RNZ is very broad in its approach to, to audience reach, but I would say all uh, 18 to 35, all New Zealanders 18 to 35 is, is a clear broad target, but also this thing needs to focus on Māori and Pacifica audience as well as other underserved uh, audiences with RNZ. And so once it's up and running, mm. uh, after a couple of years, how will you know that it's working? Will that be in part a numbers game? You'll have to survey, and if you're not hitting a certain number of... Uh, audience members and listeners who are uh, Māori or Pacifica or of a younger age group, uh, will there be a number in mind where you think, oof, this isn't working? Well, clearly you've got to have audience outcomes as, as part of any um, new brand setup, But it it's also goes beyond that. You need to be thinking about the type of content that you're generating and the content that is being picked up through, as Paul said, that radical syndication sharing concept that they've brought in as well. So hopefully that we'll see our content being used by other broadcasters and other media organisations. That was RNZ's Music Content Director Willie McAllister and RNZ Chief Executive Paul Thompson talking to me earlier this week about RNZ's new music strategy which involves the creation of a new multimedia music-based brand later this year to hook younger listeners that'll be on FM while RNZ Concert becomes a round-the-clock recorded service from the 29th of May playing mostly classical music on AM frequencies, online and on Freeview.